1: this next segment is all about perseverance and I read it in the Toronto star and it was really hard not to be wowed at the strength that one person could find in the most impossible, impossible time. And it was about a freak accident where diving into a shallow pool would leave this young man paralyzed from the waist down. It was 2012 when Chris Rice and his brother were out having fun at a concert They came home to cool off and dove into their mom's pool, and this is where Chris would strike the bottom with his head, and from there he forgets much of it, other than, remember, he was not able to feel anything but his arms that were flailing to keep him afloat, and this is because he had crushed his C7 vertebra in his neck that left him a quadriplegic at 19. And so this was the start of years of darkness, years of physiotherapy, rebuilding his life and essentially learning to do everything all over again. But he set an ambitious goal. It didn't take long before he declared that he would dance at his best friend's wedding. And five years to the day of his accident, he did just that, defying all the odds and dancing to Coldplay's Green Eyes with his best friend, Kate. Chris Rice joins me now to talk about his journey. Chris, take me back to that day when, you know, you and your brother are having just a little bit of fun and the next thing you know, at 19, your whole life changed.
0: Sure, well, it was obviously a significant moment in my life. Uh, We spent the whole day out at a music festival here in Keswick and we were just coming home to relax and he'd only flown out the night before to visit me. I was staying here for the summer. I don't exactly remember the seconds leading up to it, but... Next thing I know, I'm floating face down in the water and all I can move are my eyelids Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: my arms are flailing alongside me and I have no idea what's going on.
1: But you knew you were in real trouble, that your life had changed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as the first few seconds, you kind of feel like you're stunned and, you know, it'll pass, it'll pass and everything will be fine. But as seconds go on, you start to realize that something is seriously wrong and all of a sudden you can't feel anything below your chest. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it it felt like an hour. Yeah. I mean, it it was only a matter of maybe 30, 45 seconds.
1: What is it like? I mean, you know, one minute you're a 19 year old guy having the time of your life and able-bodied, you can do whatever you want. And then next you're plunged into a life you, you don't even recognize.
0: It's, I mean, it's massive change. It's impossible really to describe, but for me, I think, Everything kind of settled in pretty smoothly, actually. So uh, I think shock helped with that too at the very beginning, but just the support I had immediately made it, it all better. And I knew I was in Ontario, so I had the best health professionals to help me out.
1: Take me through those moments, so. You know, your life changes. You you cannot feel your body. Um, you have to relive and relearn everything that you you know you know. But you know, your mm-hmm. life's going to be different. There ha- had to have been some very dark moments.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first six months or a year, it was up and down. The night the nights were the worst, and you try to put on a strong front for all your friends and family because it's difficult for them to understand. You know, obviously, nobody can imagine themselves in that situation. So. You start to feel, you know, I had planned to be a police officer, so that all went out the window, and I said, okay, well, my life is over, you know, my future's gone. I'm stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And that was the first few months were were mostly like that. Um, but then I got peer support through Spinal Cord Injury Ontario, and that kind of allowed me to start, you know, looking at it in a different light and kind of uh, starting to look forward again.
1: Right. So, you know, you get the prognosis, you're never going to walk again, and at some point in, I guess, that first year... Uh, you somehow got from not going to walk again to getting in your head that not only were you going to walk, you were going to dance with your best friend Kate at her wedding.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that came from meeting others in wheelchairs. So when I was in the hospital, I met tons of people who had just incredible stories and people that weren't necessarily, you know, that much different from me. I had a friend who's named Scott who came in and he introduced himself. And, uh, you know, it kind of allowed me to see things in a different light and just started turning me around a little bit.
1: And so you get it in your head that you're going to dance with Kate. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get about how, how much work? I mean, that seems like an impossible task.
0: (laughs) Well, as you know, in the story, it all started out with a phone call. So my stepmom just mentioned over the phone, she said, oh, so I hear you're going to dance at Kate's wedding. This would have been 2016, so about four years after my injury. And I laughed immediately. I said, well, that's not going to happen. I said, that's, you know that's a lot of work to get there Mm -hmm. and in front of all those people. And I just casually mentioned it to one of my trainers in passing. And she said, well, why don't we, why don't we try that? And that was, that walk it off. So it's a new market. And, you know, for the first few months, it was just, it sounded like a, you know, an impossible dream, but then we just kind of started working at it and, uh, had those, we only tried it maybe three times before the actual dance.
1: But to see that video of you, you know, with Kate, standing and getting on your own two feet and then swaying to the music which was of course uh green eyes by Coldplay. cold play mm-hmm. what was that moment like
0: vindication i would say is the best word i mean it's by far the happiest and proudest moment of my life at the time i think i was just too focused on not falling um, to really process what was going on so even the first few minutes after it happened you know i sat back down in my wheelchair and everybody was coming up crying and hugging me and all that stuff and But it wasn't until a few hours later, laying in bed that night, that's when I started to realize. And I just immediately started crying because it was something I've been working at for five years to get there. Something that I was repeatedly told that I would never be able to do. I mean, they told me me that I would never move anything below my chest Mm -hmm. or that I would be lucky to get anything back.
1: And yet, you know, five years later, um, you've really, out of this tragedy, um, somehow been able to rebuild a a new life and and probably one that you never envisioned.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, life likes to throw curveballs sometimes, and that's what happened. And I think it's important for me, I find I I try not to look too far into the future. So I wake up each day and just try to find some way to better myself or some way to improve the situation that I'm in. And I'm constantly setting kind of new goals. Like I have stretch goals, obviously, but mm-hmm. little day to day things. Um, and again, for me, the support is everything. Community support back home in Nova Scotia, and then the support from my trainers at Walk It Off, Rebecca mm-hmm. in particular.
1: You know, we we always get awed in these kinds of of stories where you see um, how much strength uh, that you you know people will get in in moments of. Um, you know, triumph in that you look mm-hmm. at a, a kid like Ryan Stresnitschi, who was with the Humboldt uh, bus when it crashed, he mm-hmm. was left paralyzed. And, and I, I mean, people were just shocked that two days later he'd be telling his dad, Hey, we got to get to practice. We're going to get on that Olympic team and, and be a sledge hockey player. Um, you know, he, he is at the beginning of his journey, but mm-hmm. he seems like he's got so much um, enthusiasm, but I sense like you, there will be some dark times for him.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's pretty much impossible to not get down sometimes. I mean, for him especially, it's kind of similar to mine in that there's a ton of community support, even from from Canada, from Saskatchewan, from all around the world. Um, so he has that going for him, and I think that will be an excellent motivator. But yeah, there's definitely. I mean, the first few months of an injury are extreme. Yeah, the range of emotions, mostly dark. But but it sounds like he has uh, some good people behind him.
1: And is that someone that, you know, did you talk to him? Are you able to give him a bit of motivation?
0: I haven't spoken to him directly, but I have reached out to his parents. So we've been in touch a couple of times and just kind of to, you know, to tell them that I'm there and that if he ever does want to talk in the future, uh, that they can reach out to me and I'll be there. So the biggest, I mean, there's obviously media friends immediately yeah. after something like that happens. Um, so I told them, you know, once it calms down, let eight, six or eight months go by, and then if you want to talk, I'm here.
1: Sure. And I think it's when that noise kind of quiets down and you're left with your own thoughts and your own challenges that, that that's the hardest time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lay, laying in bed at night in a hospital bed, all you can do is think. And especially, you know, you're paralyzed. It's not like you can get up out of bed easily and go for a walk or something like that. So you're stuck laying in bed, you can't get to sleep, and all you have to think of is, okay, well, now I'm a burden on everyone around me. I'm a burden on the health system. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be dependent on people for the rest of my life, which turns out is not actually true.
1: What did you learn about yourself?
0: Um, well, before my injury, I, you know, I had a kind of a lot of self-confidence issues. Um, and I never would have imagined that I could even... Like, if something like this happened, there is no way that I could have imagined myself uh, kind of defeating it. Not you know, overcoming something like that. Um, I had a lot of issues with depression and stuff. So, yeah, you definitely learn about it, a lot about yourself. Um, I think people are stronger and more resilient than you can imagine. Once you put someone in a situation like this, um, you'd be amazed what people can overcome.
1: Do you think you're a better person now because of it?
0: I think so, absolutely. I mean, the people I've met after my injury at Walk It Off or at Lindhurst Hospital, anything like that, the stories they share and the outlook and the perspective, you kind of learn not to take anything for granted. You know, if if things went differently that day, another few seconds Mm -hmm. face down in the pool and I likely wouldn't even be here. Yeah. So kind of every day is a gift and you just go in each day trying to become a better person.
1: Wow. Great, great attitude. Really uh, inspirational. Chris, thank you.
0: No problem at all. Anytime.
1: That is Chris Rice. Just. Absolutely blown away by his attitude, and you can follow him on Instagram uh, under his name Chris Rice. It's Chris underscore Rice Eleven because he has a lot of his recovery techniques and put you know documents a lot of his recovery and rehab on that. And the group that he has been working with is in Newmarket called Walk It Off Recovery. I just thought his story was really inspirational. Because you just you hear about these stories, the headlines, and then they go away, and you wonder what happened to that person. Well, here's one young man who uh, made the very best of a horrible situation, and uh, and it's changed his life. It's quite remarkable. Here on Point on Global News Radio.